Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to the February edition of the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. This month, we are talking about staff salaries, benefits, pastoral salaries and benefits. I know some of you have already maybe had your annual board meeting. Some of you might uh, have those coming up. Maybe after you hear this podcast, you'll wish you could do your board meeting over again. But uh, I'm very excited to have as my guest this month is Phil Martin from ministrypay.com and the church network. And I've asked him to join us today. So welcome, Phil. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Dean. I'm happy to be with you. Uh, Phil, just dive in. Give me a little background about you and uh, ministry pay and your role there. And uh, it'll probably give people a better understanding of why I've invited you on. for Well, this Dean, time. I have a fancy title, uh, CEO, Chief Executive Officer. It probably has as much power as senior pastor does some days, <laughs> uh, at least at Starbucks. Uh, our association is a 66-year-old association of the men and women who run congregations. Uh, they have titles like church administrator, executive pastor, uh, chief financial officer, depending on how the church is structured. Uh, so we have about 600 job titles in our membership. Uh, for years, we were known as the National Association of Church Business Administration. Some of you will know us as NACBA. Uh, but we do business now as the church network so that we give a broader uh, uh, focus. Uh, we are about the administrative side of church. Ministrypay.com is a resource that we produce yeah. and work with. For many, many years, uh, we have done benchmark tools. Uh, I, for 24 years, served congregations, uh, served a large, uh, one of my last uh uh, assignments was a large congregation in Houston and uh, learned about um, at 34, I found myself with a large staff to manage and I found the, the church network as an association to help me with that and was a part of the organization for a long time. And then 20 years ago, um, I stepped out of the trench after having served congregations. Yeah. Uh, I jokingly say, I know a lot of your listeners are senior pastors. I jokingly tell people I've been everything else but the senior pastor. So, All right. so I've done lots of ministry work. So well, here's what I here's what I appreciate about ministrypay.com is is my board, um, our board of directors, some of you might call them elders, deacons, however your church government is named. Um, we have used this as a mainstay in establishing my salary in uh, the board of directors sets my salary. As those of you that know me, my wife, Kim, is highly involved and would function in an executive pastor role or lead pastor, executive pastor role. And so uh, uh, I have empowered them with all the tools of ministry pay to, to know what is a fair and um equitable salary for where we are as a church. And so uh, I just wanted to, I know a lot of you may have used it. A lot of you may have not heard about it, but it uh, it has been a great help to us in just establishing a mainstay to say, you know what? Uh, I think it was probably about five, six, seven years ago, somewhere about six years ago, every person on staff was probably being paid for their position in the 10 to 20 percentile. 
And it kind of gave us some direction on, hey, everyone, myself included, is for our income and where we are as a church and comparing to churches of like kind, size, and for us specifically, you know, um, annual income. And so then we began to work that, massage that. And when we had extra income come in, we said, you know what, let's try and get everyone to that 25% tile. To the right now, we're hitting that 50% the median mark on most of our most of our staff salaries. So I'm very grateful for what you guys do. And I believe it it really empowers us to uh, 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 help our staff and for our staff to know that they're getting paid. Uh, you know, in, in compensation that is accordingly. Uh, tell me this before we dive into a little bit, maybe more about the specifics of ministry pay. Uh, give me an overview. Uh, you've probably got a pretty good pulse of church finances, COVID. What are you seeing, Phil, uh, is kind of happening around the country and kind of what's the pulse you see with church finances in the last two years? Yeah, uh, um, I, I think the the, the news is not as bad as I think most everybody was fearful of when March of 2020 hit us. Uh, I do think a consistency that I hear across the multiple groups that I connect with is that trends that were in motion have moved in motion faster. So yes. if you were a struggling congregation whose uh, future was questionable and you had you're struggling with income prior to the pandemic, you probably are struggling even more. If you were a pretty healthy congregation, things were good. Uh, you know, and there's always anomalies. I can tell you one church that's doing terrible and one church that's doing great. Uh, but I, I think overall things are pretty good. None of us are yet seeing the kind of attendance uh, numbers that we had right. before. And I think that's something we need to talk about when we talk about this tool because one of the options is to look at number uh, attendance numbers. Um, so I, I, th I think the news is not devastating, but we still are unsure. And it's different in different parts of the countries. Uh, I'm in Arlington, Texas today in my, in my office. Um, I was in St. Louis last week. Uh, you go to the grocery store here in Texas, nobody's masked. Very few folks are masked. Right. There's not a lot of public concern about it, although the hospitals are, are struggling. Um, in St. Louis, the folks on the street asking me for change uh, were masked as well as everybody in the city because they have that. So, so there's a really different, uh, I think it's affecting attendance in different places. Uh, but but I don't think we're, it, it's doom and gloom by any means. And, sure. and we're seeing a lot of people asking the compensation question particularly with this little jump in inflation we're seeing. Right. Uh, people are concerned about what their staffs are making. And if they were underpaid already, then this is going to create a greater burden for them. And they want to try to address that. So we're seeing a lot of uptick in yeah. subscriptions to the to ministry pay. So one of the things that um, a number that I've heard is on the attendance side is um, uh, probably the average is churches are running about that two thirds, about 66% of what they were prior to COVID. Um, some are back full, um, some are back less. I did a survey here. Uh, I lead the pastors network here in Colorado Springs, and we had a gathering last week and I had just done a poll locally and we saw 48% uh, increase from 20 to 21 
eight, uh, 35% stayed the same and about 17% decreased. And you kind of alluded to it, um, the churches that we are seeing that are experiencing the most difficult times are the smaller churches that were already, as you said, COVID has magnified the problem. If they were already running uh, lean and mean, um, they, they, they've struggled to, to turn things around. Uh, I wanna share with those uh, that are listening, something that I experienced, then we'll kind of dive back into this, but I ran some numbers at the end of the year, and I just wanna challenge you guys to maybe take a look at some of your numbers and maybe go back and do a comparison. Because one of the, let me ask you, Phil, a question. Uh, the giving per person per week, where the, and that's if I have a thousand people in uh, attendance from babies, infants to my seniors, thousand people per week, you would take that number and divide it by your uh, weekly offering, or you can do an annual uh, kind of thing. Uh, I have heard that giving per person number varies anywhere from like $17 a person per week to in the low 20s. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I, I really don't have any numbers that would not be just anecdotal. And, and you know, I, I kind of uh, chuckle with some of the elders and, and lay people that call me and want an answer to a question. Sometimes I, I respond by saying, well, what would you like the answer to be? Uh, because there are that many churches that I can find that would, would right. fit the answer. I do think one of the things we know right now is the old metrics that we were using prior to pandemic may not be helpful at this moment. And kind of a string that I'm starting to hear is people talking in terms of quit trying to get back to where you are, where you were, but to think in terms of where are you now and how do you move forward? And it may be that some of those people that you are gonna lose in regular attendance that may never come back, you'll be a lot better off to be spending your energy trying to grow. And I, I think I know your network is largely a new church start network kind of group. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a, an understanding that, that that community has had for a long time is that that you move forward. The other struggle that people are having is how do you count? You know, we've, we've done streaming for a long time, but we really haven't included that in our worship numbers. And now how do we count that? And I'm hearing all kinds of um, manipulation, maybe the wrong name, but uh, attempts to come up with a valid way to, if somebody connects remotely, is it a 1.25 or is it a 1.7 or, or how do you, you know, how do you measure that so that it's meaningful? I think it's a lot like salaries, though, in the sense that you have to figure out your salary pay plan structure for your congregation, and you have to live with it and not bounce back and forth so that your right. numbers over time have some consistency for internal equity. And I think that'll be true with, with uh, what we're seeing moving out of the pandemic. Here's what we saw is in 2019, our giving per person per week was uh, $24.44. We went back and looked at our annual, figured that all out. In 2021, it was up to $41.07. Um, now, our giving, our giving over the last two years has only gone up. We have seen an increase. It's gone up about 11%. But here's what I did. I would encourage pastors to do this. We went back and we said in 2019, how many giving households did we have? 
you know, who gave from a dollar to, we didn't have a million dollars. We wish we did, but who, who gave anything? Right. And we, we saw a decline from in 19, we were at 1,027 households gave. In 21, we were down to 929. We, we lost that 100 households. But here's what's interesting, pastors. We ran that number on anyone, any household who gave $2,000 or more, which if you say, okay, the person that you know maybe has a low income job is making the $20,000, maybe is a contributor, a tither, whatever level. In 2019, we had 272 households that contributed 2,000 and above. And in 2021, we had, it came out, I'm not lying, I'm frying, 272 households as well. So what we saw, the way I would say it, pastors, is we lost our tippers. Our mainstream givers stayed committed to the church. We're continuing to give on whatever level, whether that was a tithe of 10% or 2 or 5%. We saw our mainstream givers hold steady. And so when our attendance dropped, that's what made our giving per week seem to appear oh, everyone's giving more. Well, our attendance came down, our givers are still giving. And so it was an interesting number to run. And it actually helped me as a pastor um, not to get so discouraged of, oh, we lost all these people. And I think you presented a great mindset is we can't go back and fix the past, but our future is bright in front of us. And I'm going to assume in every city, just like mine and yours, there's plenty of sinners that need to be reached, that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, um, uh, you know, I think it's uh, it, we've got plenty of room to advance. Okay, I want to jump to just kind of to ministry pay. Uh, Phil, can you walk us through just how it works when a pastor, uh, it is a subscription-based um, for an annual subscription, which is peanuts for me with the information I'm able to pull. But walk us through what do I as a senior pastor have available to me when I subscribe and, and how does that benefit me and my team and establishing our salaries and benefits? You bet. Well, I, I'm going to share a screen and I understand that not all of your listeners, I'm a big podcast listener. So I'm listening as I'm walking or on sure. the treadmill or, or out around town. So I know some of you aren't going to have this. You may want to go back and uh, look at the video later to do this, but I'll try to to talk in terms of of this. The way the subscription works, this is not a membership to our organization. Our organization does have a membership, and we do extend a discount, uh, an additional discount if you're a member when you subscribe okay. uh, to to this particular issue. Here here's the rub, Dean. You and I have talked about this, so everybody needs and wants this data but we can't make up the data. We can only provide the buckets that you can put your data in. And right. so um, the pain point is so low that um, some of you are more comfortable just giving us the $185 a year, but we wanna say, if you'll spend a few minutes and give us your data, we'll take $85 off of that subscription. Yeah. And so you'll be able to get that subscription for $100. And then if you're a member of our organization, which uh, would reduce that cost all the way down to $55 a year. So, uh, you know, you're going to pay 185, 100, uh, or, or 55, or 140 if you're a member and don't do that. So the cost is very low for this. 
Uh, I know we have another uh, Metro survey that's out there that's done by an independent company that I think is a couple of thousand dollars. And and if if your elder board uh, is used to buying salary data in the corporate world, they'll tell you that uh, this is a great subscription. So if you're going to participate, um, Ministry Pay is a separate website at ministrypay.com. And uh, there really is two basic participation levels. Uh, The first survey is going to ask you for uh, your church's profile. And that church profile is going to have five data points that you have to provide. And then a host of other uh, possibilities. So like we want to know the, the zip code in the faith group and your average weekly attendance and your total annual budget. Uh, this is the survey that that is there. I'm showing on the screen, but that's basically the content. Sure. And um, then you submit that part of the survey, and then you go to the salary data. And I have a little Phil Martin church that I have here, so you may see some numbers okay. that make sense to you or not. Uh, it's not included in the data. I just, out of my experience, had fun making it up. But you'll you'll see here uh, there are 110 job titles. Okay. Uh, that are in the database. Obviously, uh, getting the data for all 110 job titles is difficult. We have multi-site jobs listed. Um, one of the struggles with all congregations is that we we staff to skill, uh, strengths, and context. So we don't all use the exact same job title names, but we try to identify sure. those. You pick out the jobs that you want to submit your salary to, and then once you've done that, it saves it for the future. And then you go into the uh, area where you enter and you enter salary data. Uh, the salary data we ask for uh, obviously has some differences if you are ordained or not ordained. And we ask that question. We track male and female in case you want to compare. And yes, it is true in ministry, just like in, in the real world that that uh, female clergy are not making at the same level of male clergy. Uh, our, our numbers will show that. Uh, then we ask for a lot of other data. We ask uh, for uh, annual salary, which incl- would include housing allowance. We ask for the cost of insurance. Uh, we ask if you're doing retirement. We ask if your church provides the Social Security supplement because you are classified for Social Security purposes as self-employed. We know about a third of congregations do that based on the survey. And then after you've entered that data, you submit it. Uh, It has an option to save it and come back or submit it. You have to submit it prior to um, it moving. And you notice in the data here, I'm not seeing 110 jobs. I'm only seeing the jobs that I selected. Exactly. So that's how simple it is to to participate in the survey. Then. Um, we do have uh, in the um, report section, uh, we have several options and we do track uh, part-time employees as well. We won't get into that today, Uh, but we have a standard report that's just a dump of all the data, or we have a customized report. We're not going to spend time today going through those, but you see at the moment we have 679 uh, congregations, that's not jobs, that's congregations. You'll see some other groups report how many jobs they cover. Um, 
And if you've entered your data, you have the option to click on the uh, display the data on the report so it does a direct comparison. Nice. But if you are showing it to an elder board or a group that's not supposed to see the detail of the salary, you can not include that. Okay. And then from here, you pick positions and denominations or uh, operating budget or what section of the country you're in. Uh, I know, Dean, you and I have worked together. We now have uh, Colorado Springs right. as a metro area. Um, we don't have enough data yet. Sure. Uh, but if you get that. enough data, then you can just look at Colorado Springs area specifically. I think we have it for Denver. And um, the one thing that I've learned in my work, and I know you've got a question here, but let me say this real quickly. The one thing I've learned in my work is the primary benchmark to look at is operating budget. Exactly. Uh, That's where I, I was going. Yeah. I've played, I've played with church affiliation. I've played with areas. Uh, I've played with staff size. I've played with experience. The number one criterion that drives compensation is the operating budget of the church. So just bear that in mind. Uh, when I'm doing a, a, a survey with someone, I start there uh, before I do anything else. You can cluster budget sizes in metro groups. So you could look at uh, Denver and Colorado Springs and Chicago and kind of pick some of the Larger. The more uh, high cost of living areas clustered together, as well as clustering uh, jobs, uh, I mean, operating budget size. So let me stop and let you ask questions. Then you well, know what the I was just going to throw out to the guys and gals as well is uh, we function almost solely off of that operating budget. Attendance, I can be running 10,000 people, but if my budget, I only have a million dollars coming in, I don't care what I should deserve by attendance standards or what other churches of that size pay, I can only, I can only disperse what has been allotted to me. And so I just think it's in, important that um, pastors realize that. Um, can you click over then, can you open up, just click a budget so we can see the 10, 25 and, or open a report on just the senior pastor or something so we can Sure, see let's pull up. Uh, let's pull a senior pastor and let's do, so let me show you real quickly. If you're looking there, there's a, a number up in the top right corner. And if you're watching this on screen, you'll see it. If not, you'll learn it when you get there. Uh, uh, this shows how many uh, data points are going to come uh, based on what you're saying. So I'm, I'm going to run about a 1 million to a 3 million run. And you'll notice as I add them, it's adding the numbers. Yep. Um, so we're going to, between a million and three million, which may be a little broad area, we've got 348 records. So okay. I'm going to run this report. Um, and uh, the report is up on the screen. This is how fast the database works. Okay. And this is a live database. Um, so you'll see that we're looking at uh, we have a, a structure that gives you how many responses. And by the way, if you'd asked for your data, it would show in these first two columns, your data and your percentage. And then it shows the average operating budget is 1.8. The median is 1.7. So you can kind of see how you fit within the structure. Uh, there is a great help uh, glossary of terms. Uh, this 
25th, 10th percentile, 25th percentile, 75th percentile, 90th percentile. If you've forgotten your basic statistics course that you took in your undergrad class, right. uh, you may need a refresher on what that is. Uh, but you're, you're lopping off the highs and the lows, basically, and giving a more, uh, you know, there's always going to be one pastor who makes a whole lot and one pastor who's working for nothing. And so um, you, you take those out of the calculation a little bit to help you. All right. Let me jump in here, pastors. Here's where we were at that I was alluding to earlier. Uh, most of our staff pastors were probably in that 10 to 25 percentile. We began to just kind of target. We weren't seeing monumental moves in our in our annual income. But when we did see a move, we were trying to get people up. And so most of my pastors uh, on our pastoral staff and and we're trying to get even our hourly people up in that median and beyond. And here's what I would say to pastors is it's important that it's not a one-sided thing, that you're fighting the board to get your, your pay in that zone. My heart was, I want to move us all together. And if anything, I'm going to move people in front of me because I'm the lead pastor and I'm here to serve, not to be served. And, and so uh, one of the things that we're doing is we even use this tool back down to our office administrative people. And one of the things we realized is that in and out Burger, some of these places, minimum wage is, I think, $12 here in Colorado. But uh, everyone is so short on help, they're offering starting hourly wages, $17, $18 an hour. And so we are being very, very intentional here with the 7% inflation that the one arena we hadn't moved up yet is some of our hourly support staff, administrative. And so we are we are making some very significant two, uh, one to $3, probably about an average $2 an hour bump because we have great employees. And if they can go down the street, if they're making $16 an hour and they can go down the street and make 18, uh, doing a a non technical job, we want to we want to get back up there and be competitive. And so I would just encourage pastors to uh, uh, you know just just care for your team. All right, absolutely cool. I think that's good on the website. Just check it out, ministrypay.com. Um, and then it will also share with you guys the uh, benefits, and it'll give you retirement and some of those kinds of things. Um, what are some benefits, Phil, that you would say seem more common in the salary packages? Maybe that's not reflective specifically in the report, but um, uh, what are you seeing as far as uh, just some of the uh, basics that you hear as you're talking with leaders? Well, I think uh, be, being a guy who is uh, very close to retirement, um, I think one of the things you want to be sure you're thinking about, even for your young employees, is you know, compounding interest is so important right. when you start to look in retirement and uh, congregations who don't take care of staff many times get to the point that someone's retiring, particularly ministerial staff, and they don't have the resources to retire. Right. Uh, so, so looking at retirement uh, options, I think, is a critical piece that everyone should do. One of the things that concerns me about a trend I've seen in compensation, I work with a lot of uh, young ministers in residency programs, and I think a church makes a big mistake when they come up with a big package number. They say, we will pay you $70,000 and you're 28 years old and you get to pick 
how you use those benefits. Well, when you start looking at that, you know, it's a struggle for me to live there. What's going to get lopped off over those benefits? Retirement. Particularly retirement, maybe long-term disability, maybe things that um, that you think you can do without. So, so I think that's a piece that's really important for particular, particularly ministers who are, are guiding their congregation in this. But we still know that, that compensation, our numbers for 20 years have shown about uh, 50 to 53% of a budget goes to personnel. Uh, There are exceptions to that on both sides, but, but that's more the norm uh, I've seen 47 to 60 in different places, but ours has pretty much been consistently right in that 52, 53% range, if that's helpful. That is very helpful. Yeah. And, and you've think- spoken of internal and external equity. Uh, that's critical to have. Uh, you want to look at your internal piece. You know, are you paying a rock star a whole lot more than you're paying somebody else because you had to do that to get? that particular minister to come to your church, that's an inequity. Uh, How does it compare to external salaries? Uh, You may be competing with UPS or FedEx down the road, uh, you know, your neighborhood. Well, one of the things I found out last week in our local survey is probably, and there's probably some listeners now, that about 20% of the pastors were not using any tool, any report they were asking a fellow pastor, what do you pay your youth pastor? What do you, and, and it, um, I would, I would hunch that they're going to end up on the lower end of what is really due to them or their employees by not having a larger database to draw from that experience. And, and then here's what I can tell you guys, it does for my board. It gives my board confidence and it gives me confidence standing before the congregation uh, uh, coming up next week, we'll be doing our annual report where we share income, outgo, contributions that we gave away, contributions that came in, missionary support, local outreach. And then we have a line item. We don't share individual salaries, but we do share, hey, here is our salary bucket. I think we're in that high 47 percentile. And it'll say this is for eight full-time employees and 13 part-time employees. And uh, I think the more transparent we can be, um, that helps our congregations be uh, excited about investing into the mission, into the vision. One of the things I want to address is there are lots of things you can do that, uh, let's put it this way. You can pay me the most amazing salary, but if I hate where I work, I'm miserable. You're not going to maintain me. And so we have done some things. We've set up the 403B retirement account, have that available to our pastoral staff. One of the things we do on retirement is we don't have an automatic amount go in there. We want them. We don't want to be more invested in their retirement than they are. So we make it a matching percentage. And so like we'll match up to 5%, whatever they want to do on an annual. And then I found some churches here locally, I would say the average was probably about five to 10%, depending on where the church is at. Some don't require a matching. Uh, I personally feel that's a Dave Ramsey, FPU, be self-invested in your, in your future. But then uh, uh, half of, half of my pastors last week did not receive 
cell phone coverage, um, car allowance, mileage. Um, they were not receiving any of those benefits. And some of those smaller things can really add up and, and help a person live in the community where you're at with the cost of living by helping cover some of those expenses. And then pastors, I wanna encourage you to do some things that can be benefits to your staff that really don't cost you a lot. Like I would say, be liberal with vacation, um, be liberal over the holidays. So nobody really gets any work done between Christmas and New Year's. They might be at their desk well, we've, from the beginning of our church, we've just said, hey, you got to make sure things are covered for the upcoming weekend, but you have that week off. And just being liberal with maybe a youth pastor's been at summer camp and he's put in 100 hours. Hey, take an extra day off next week with your regular day out. Take another day or two or whatever. Just being liberal, creating an environment, a 5 or $10 Starbucks gift card, just showing value and appreciation in the small ways creates an environment for people to say, I love working here and, and I really, really enjoy, you know, being a part of this team. Um, do you have any, we're going to wrap this up and, and, but I want to just ask, do you have any advice you would offer to pastors in equipping their boards? Any last cl closing thoughts that you would throw out, Phil? Sure, Dean. And, and if I could just circle back real quickly on your benefit comment, one of the strategies I've seen that seems to be motivational is rather than just saying, I'm going to match whatever you give the church to say, we're going to put 3% in and then we'll match up to two more percent. So if you put 2% in, so that way you're actually getting them started, yes, um, they good. can hopefully see benefit. And the other thing I think is critical is that you teach them to understand what you've done, to, to look at, to, you know, you've got a 403B, but do they know how it's invested? Do they have somebody who help and train them and, and talk to them about what that would look like in the future uh, is, is a really good way to, to, sure. to do that. So um, I think you're on a, you know, a great conversation here. It, it, it really is uh, the pastors that I see that invest in this conversation for their whole staff and see themselves as the advocate for their staff make a huge difference in the in the trust of the team. If, if I know you as my senior pastor are on my team, not only as me being successful in my ministry, but being successful financially in a way uh, that that you um, right you know, that 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 you feel like you care about me, uh, then do that. Uh, Dean, I just looked. So we're still a few short in Colorado Springs. Yep. Uh, if you got a lot of Colorado Springs folks there, we will not give you data on a, on a point unless we can give you five points of data because we don't want you to be able to figure out what Dean makes unless he <laughs> wants to tell you. So, um, you know, we, we, you got to have at least five in an area. So, so we're hoping we can push those Colorado Spring numbers up as well as others across the country. So. Sure. And I would encourage pastors to do this. And, and some of you might say, well, well, I use XYZ. We've used ABC for years. Um, where I'm at is uh, I would just challenge you to offer your board multiple, multiple data points to make those comparisons. I, I, I'm just really pleased that Ministry Pay offers it at this because I have looked at other reports. I was telling Phil when we were talking earlier privately 
I, uh, a couple of years ago, I submitted for a report and, and uh, I think it was, I think it was like 12 or $1,500 for the report. And there was four churches that were in my, in my zone. I went, that's, that's not a, that's not a true litmus test of, of broadness. And so I literally just picked up the phone and said, I'd like a refund. Your report's not helpful for me to offer to my board. And uh, pastors, I want to share something with you that I think could help help you in your relationship with your board. And that is this. It's probably been, it was about six years ago, we'd gone through some really lean financial times. And I had said to the board, and when our annual board meeting came around, Kim and I's salaries are frozen this year. Kim and I's salaries are frozen this year. And we were getting some other staff members bumped up. And our finances were continually just to move along, move up. And pastors, it's easy to say, why doesn't the board value me more? Why, why aren't they looking? And what I realized is I needed to equip and empower them. I needed to give them the tools that would justify an increase in my salary. And so it was about six years ago, I said, we've went three years without a raise. Here's where the church has advanced financially. Our salary is back here. And I literally said to the board, slid all the data, printed out the reports and said, here's, here's where Kim and I should be making. I'm going to leave it in your hands. We're going to recuse ourselves from the room. And uh, uh, here's what I can tell you. My board was thrilled. Um, I have a good relationship with them, but they felt empowered we love you. We value. We appreciate you. But we don't do this day in and day out. This is not our career field. Um, give us the data to help us be a blessing to you and to help take care of your family. And so uh, uh, that's just helped me be bold in asking with my board and being direct. Phil, let me let me say one parting thought that I experienced uh, in my ministry years in local churches. Look at when you have this conversation. So if you're having this conversation at the time of the year that giving is low, and usually we look at the fall, we start talking about what we're going to do for the next year. Uh, sometimes having the data about the, the flow of cash and how cash works will give a board more confidence uh, to, to look at compensation raises. Uh, not in the summer when when compensation is lower or our income is lower. Uh, so teaching them about the annual flow of how the church's Good. income works and how your decisions make. Also, sometimes having uh, financial uh, benefit conversations when you're not actually making the decision about the salary, talking about what is our philosophy of compensation for our staff have that independent, and then later actually look at the numbers and do those in a way that you're that you're saying, okay, Bob makes seven, we're going to raise him to eight, yeah. uh, or whatever the numbers are, so, so that you're, you have a philosophy in place. That's good. Yeah. Phil, I appreciate your input. Pastors, if you have any questions, email me. Uh, if I can help you navigate anything with your board, easiest Two emails for me are either dean at deanhawk.com or dean at rockfamilychurch.com. And uh, just want to encourage you, go to deanhawk.com. All of our sermon resources, sermon series, graphics, all of that 
is available for free to help you guys that maybe are, are dual employed and you've got your uh, uh, secular job and then your ministry career. We want to help you with launch forward and some of that study time and uh, getting getting you prepped for the weekends. So I hope this is Valentine's week. I hope you have done something amazing for your spouse this week. If you haven't, Phil, thank you for being with us. And uh, please check out ministrypay.com. And uh, I think it'll be a blessing to you and your church. So God bless you guys. Thanks for being here, Phil. You're welcome. All right. We'll see you guys. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.